Hey everyone, welcome back to Impact Based Learning, the podcast from Next High School, a free public charter school in Greenville, South Carolina. Today I'm talking to Amy Bright and Connor Hillier. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. All right guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Amy, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Amy Bright. I'm the English department chair here at Next High School, and I also teach English 4, which is for the most part, senior English and British literature. I've been at Next since 2017, so I believe this is beginning my third year here. Awesome. And Connor? I'm actually a peer at Next High School, um, so I'm, I'm the least paid teacher here. <laughs> I have also been here for three years. My freshman year was the same year as Amy's first year here. I am the founder and only, only uh, experienced teacher for the Next High School HEMA Club. All right, great. So a couple of terms in there. Connor alluded to himself as a peer. That's one of our students. Amy's a pro, professional educator. She's also a professional learner, a professional amateur. She's always learning something new. And you heard another term. Connor alluded to a HEMA club. Um, We'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, But that's one of those projects that uh, both Amy and Connor have been um, learning and working on independently as well as together um, here over the last couple of years. So uh, without any further ado, Amy, I'm going to ask a little bit more about the way that you do arts integration and how sort of stage combat and historical European martial arts have factored into your classes and your your teaching and project-based learning. I have been interested in arts integration since I've started teaching. And arts integration is when you take an art form and you pair it with a core content and you teach them equally, you assess them equally, and its intent is to be very meaningful and to bring the core content alive, not just to be an add-on to look pretty. So last year, um, I worked with a group of students, a group of peers who were incredibly artistically gifted, and we did a lot more with visual arts. But I knew that coming, I knew my students, and I knew that coming in this semester, I had a lot of male students with high energy and low ability to sit in a chair for extended periods of time. So I was looking for something that I could use in my classes that would fit, that wasn't um, just me adding on something, but also uh, would work with these this group. So I have historically been very interested in Beowulf and some of the older literature that students have to read usually and how to make it interesting for them. And I've especially focused on Beowulf because almost everyone hates Beowulf and have really bad memories of it. So I had actually created a Beowulf camp in the past where we had done stage combat, leather working, um, chain mail, lots of other things. So I was seeing how I could actually do this in a school setting. But I knew that I needed to be better trained in especially stage combat for safety reasons. So last semester in May, I went to A-Town Throwdown, which is a stage combat um, workshop, three-day, four-day workshop in um, Atlanta. So I went to that and really started seeing how I could integrate these things into my classes and how much learning about a culture had to happen when you were learning stage combat plus the safety, all those things. But consistently throughout this, people kept talking about the martial purpose behind the stage combat, that you would do this on stage, but you would not do this in real life, or you would do this in film, but it would be incredibly goofy to even try this in an actual combat situation. And the people who were uh, teaching this were actually some of the choreographers from the show Vikings. So 
I decided I wanted to know more about this and I didn't know how I would do this. And I ended up coming back to school and talking to Connor about it because I had taught him in ninth grade and we had done some acting things with Shakespeare. And he told me about Sword Carolina, which is a HEMA or Historical European Martial Arts class, uh, well, studio. It's about an hour away from me, but in Fountain Inn. It's one of the only ones or the only one in South Carolina, I believe. Uh, Yeah, it's the only one in the state. And the closest, next closest one is Charlotte. So I went out there and I started taking the classes. And the very first class, I learned almost more about (laughs) Beowulf and Germanic culture and the why behind almost all of the literature, the older literature I'd read. Um, than I had from English classes or from even, you know, just studying on my own and reading. I really understood the the feeling behind these things. So I started, I signed up, I started taking classes. And just as I went along and learned more and more, I realized how stage combat would definitely translate into what I was teaching in a safe way. But HEMA would translate into the entire school in a way that taught culture, history, literature, but then also just universal values like respect, courage, seizing opportunity, uh, moving forward with boldness. So I realized that it was something that would benefit everyone. And then Connor wanted to start a HEMA club. So I said, you know, this is something I would actually be willing to get behind and sponsor. I love the the thread of interest that follows that whole mm-hmm. story, right? One, one thing led to another. The arts integration led you to... Um, thinking about a, a different way to serve your students, um, which led you to reaching out to the community, talking to our peers and, and getting feedback from them, um, and on and on it goes. So that's a great transition, Connor, to turn it over to you and ask about what's your background in HEMA, um, what's your experience with Sword Carolina, and how did that intersect with you being a high school student? Well, I've just kind of always been interested in sword fighting, which I think is something that a lot of kids can relate to because because there's you get the knights in like the fairy tales and stuff, right? And and we see them on TV and Lord of the Rings, and that's that's really cool. And so you go outside and you wave a stick around, and you think you know everything. Um, and that was how I was for for a while. Um. Because I didn't, I didn't know that there were people that actually studied the everything that was behind the movies, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I was homeschooled for middle school, so I, I had a lot more opportunities to chase interests. Um, and one of my interests was sword fighting. Um, and so I, I did a homeschool class intro at Sword Carolina. Um, that was, that was my very first exposure to the legitimate technique. Um, and then I, I continued, I, I then began seeing Sword Carolina pop up more and more. Like I saw him at a Ren Fest, um, and I went to, I went, they host birthday parties. I went to a birthday party for a friend there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was after that where I really, I really pushed my parents like, Hey, this is, this is something I want to do. This is something that really interests me. It has for a while. Um, this is an interest I want to pursue. So I was first signed up when I was 13, I think. Um, so I, I've been, I've been doing this kind of off and on for, for three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's, it's sword fighting. So it's, it's an extreme workout. Um, but it, it helped me cause I, I went from, uh, 12 still pretty small and then I hit I hit a growth spurt and and it kind of helped alleviate some of that awkward phase because it's the same movement so you know you can still do the movement um and so it it it, it helps it it helps getting 
bigger because I was a very small child. Um, and now I look, I, I, I look like most human fighters. I'm, they're either huge or slender, and I'm on the huge side. I continued with that. I've always trained with the adults. Even being so young, I had, I had the maturity. It, it was decided I would surpass the, the youth class rather quickly. Um, so I've been training with the adults my entire time. And there's, there's very little in the way of a youth community um, within, within the greater HEMA community. And, and of course, it's still, it's still a newer thing, especially in the States. Um, but there, there's Sword Carolina offers, offers an actual youth program, and many other places don't. Um, so I was faced with having only a few people to compete against in tournaments, um, and the people that I did compete against, I didn't actually have to go anywhere to compete with because they were the people. They were the people coming out from Sword Carolina, mm. and that's where I noticed the biggest youth program. But it's not like there was a lack of interest. I talked to friends and and other people here. Um, some of them had been previous students at Sword Carolina, and some of them were entirely new to it and just thought it was. It sounded really cool. So that that kind of began the thought. That was that was where I first thought. You know, I could I could teach this here. This this is something that clearly people do have interest in. I realized since that since there was no real institutional. Um, environment for this uh people people weren't getting exposed to it like they are with other sports um so i i decided i um that was when i really had i really started pushing i started making real plans to try and implement it into the school and i talked to aaron schober uh the owner of sword carolina um and he he loved it he thought it was a great idea he's big into the youth program for hema because it's it's teenager or younger where you you'd originally be holding a sword. Um, Squires started at like seven years old, mm. so it's not it's not unreasonable to teach kids to handle a sword. Um, you just have to be prepared enough. Nearing the end of first semester last year, I started having meetings with Rick just to get that's just to get approval to start thinking of having this attached mm -hmm. to the school sure it was it was before my very first meeting um Mr. Rick was already he was already meeting with someone and Amy was on lunch duty in the area I was in so I I just stopped to talk to her and I, I told her that I was I was nervous about this meeting with Rick and what mm -hmm. it was because we'd already talked about the interest in stage combat mm -hmm. Um, and so I told her about HEMA and, and she was like, oh, well, that sounds, that sounds really cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And so she tagged along to the meeting mm. and she was there for all of the, all of the ones continuing on. And, um, I'm really thankful for that because I feel like her, her added support from the get go made it so that it was, it was viewed more legitimately. Mm. Um, this is not just something that a student can get other students involved in. It's a student it's something a student can get a teacher involved in. I, I think she was kind of a catalyst for getting it approved. And so that was, that was what we did all of last year was it was some planning and getting everything approved. Connor, I'm going to interrupt just real quick to um, 
to identify Mr. Rick. So when you say Mr. Rick, we're talking about our principal here at Next High School. That's uh, Rick Schwartz. That meeting that Connor described was a meeting going to the administration and asking for permission, pitching this idea of bringing a HEMA, a martial arts program, to Next High School for the students and then having the support of Amy there side by side. Now, as a result of that meeting and the ongoing development, um, you were able to then present this idea to an even broader audience. At a year-end event, we have at Next High School that we call Show Off, a presentation of learning, a presentation of projects and interests where our students are able to take the best of their work and showcase it to our school audience, our parents, and anyone from the community who, who comes to observe. And so, Connor, you got a chance to present at Show Off. Uh, talk a little bit about that presentation. I presented at the end of year show off, which is it's the big fine it's the big final presentation of the product projects. This is where most people have everything completed. Um, and so I got to introduce something kind of different from everyone else. It was it was unique not just in that it was um, it was sword fighting, which already uh, drew eyes, but rather than rather than announcing like the closing of a successful project, I was I was going up at the end of the year and I was announcing like the birth of a new one, mm. and it was something really unique, um, because as far as I know, at least there is no other high school HEMA club. Um, so I was able I was able to introduce this. I was like, this is this is something that'll help your children in more areas than one because. And, and I know because it's helped me in more areas than one. It's not just going to make you stronger and and more athletic, but it's going to it's going to uh, ingrain some of the the basic ideas and how you can apply them to life. Um, taking the first step uh, to to get on top of a project or whatever, embodying yourself with confidence. Th those are things that I've gained from this martial art, and I'm sure other people will and have as well and so that was that, that was a really that was a really cool way to for me to close out um the school year and then amy and i did a, a couple fundraising events over the summer that got our got it pushed the eyes that were on this project past just those of the school and the parent body of the school but into into an even larger community um, so now, now we've been in talks with not just people at the school, but people outside of it and, and the, a much larger community. And that's been really cool. We've been considering as a HEMA club, how we can raise funds because we have to buy training swords and they're not terribly expensive, but when you need 15 of them and they're $70 a piece, they are. And then when you get into things like gloves and helmets and mats and, you know, all the rest of the equipment that we want to be able to provide, it gets expensive. So we were wondering how this was going to happen, and Principal Mr. Rick came to us and said, you know, we need to have a coffee shop. And I said, we will do it. And I didn't even ask anybody. I just said, we will. <laughs> and Connor was now surprised that he was running a coffee shop. But the money then would go toward, you know, toward both running the shop and then buying equipment for the, for the peers. One of the things that really helped this along though was the fact that at that time when that happened I was teaching a class called workplace communications and a lot of the students who were in HEMA were interested in helping were in that class so I told them for your end of the year project run this coffee shop so we did the cost they did pricing they did how are we going to you know fund this what do we you know all the things that go into running something setting up schedules 
So every day they were able to consistently spend about 70 minutes working toward that project, but they were also getting a grade for it. And so it worked out really well for them. And they started the coffee shop um, by the end of that semester. They had a grand opening. So it worked really well for me to see how they could do it. And literally, I occasionally went over and said, have you considered these things? And they said, yes or no. And then they just, they did the work. So I was really proud to see that they had worked, but they have also been through our, you know, two, two to three years of the program here at Next. So they understood independent study and going off and doing these sorts of things, being very entrepreneurial. But we're running into all the different problems that can come with running a business, you know, scheduling, staffing. It's been good, uh, a good experience. And it's been good watching them because you also see who's willing to do the work and who's not. And we're running this on a merit-based system. So those in the HEMA club are expected to take part in this. But the ones who really put in the work, who do show up, who are consistent, who aren't late, they're going to get first priority when it comes to gloves and funding and all those sorts of things. So they're learning. There, there's some stake to this. There's, there's actually something that's involved that they get out of it. And I've had several say, you know what, we're actually going to con- be consistent with this knowing that it's merit-based. A couple of themes that I'm picking up on, Connor, you you talk about how HEMA is about discipline and life principles and um, sort of wisdom and maturity. Um, you know, Amy, as you talk about this fundraising effort, it's more than about raising money for the club. It's about uh, starting a business, personal integrity, showing up, doing what you say you're going to do, having skin in the game. And all of it is driven not by a set curriculum used on repeat year after year, but a curriculum that is flexible and that develops based on our pros' interests and our peers' interests and the opportunity to support um, in the community as well as at the school. So this is, honestly, guys, I know that we could talk for another 60 minutes. Connor and Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Again, following that thread of student and teacher interest at Next High School, we exist to make things like this happen. This story seems unusual, but in fact, our whole school is designed to facilitate this kind of project, right? To take students from where they are, help support them into places where uh, they never thought they'd be all before they even leave and graduate high school. So again, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you.